Revive these bones. Revive these bones. Now, um, you guys can start making your way to Ezekiel chapter 37. Um, what I want to do is I kind of want to, I want to take us, I want to take us into a journey, right, into a valley of dry bones. Um, have anybody ever been in a real valley? Like, you're, you're like in this valley area and you look to your right and there's like hills or mountains and you look to your left and there's hills and mountains and you are at a low point. All right, all right. Now, Ezekiel is taken, right, to this valley, and it's full of dry bones. And we're going to talk about throughout this morning um, what God showed the prophet Ezekiel. And what he showed him long ago can be applied today that spiritual revival is within reach. Spiritual revival is within reach. Um, Now, we understand that this vision that God gave Ezekiel is concerning to the nation of Israel. We understand that. You know, we understand that they had been discouraged. They've been, um, they were down. They were defeated. Uh, They were, you know, they were were going through all this because um, we, we see that even in verse 11, they say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. And we'll we'll read through that in a minute. Their passion for the things of God was gone. The passion for God was gone. Their hope was lost. Think about this. Their passion for the things of God was lost. It's gone. Their hope was lost. Anyone feel like that? Anyone feel like their passion for the things of God is gone? Through their compromise of the word of God, meaning <laughs> they compromised, they chose. Through, through their compromising of the word of God, they had cut themselves off from the favor of God. Do you know what it looks like to cut yourself off from the way that the Israelites did? It means that you're here, you're serving God, you see how powerful God is, you see how amazing God is, you see the things that God is doing, you've experienced the things that God is doing, and one day you wake up and somehow things that might be happening in the world or in your life or something affect your feelings in such a way that you decide, I'm not going to do that no more. I'm not going to be committed anymore. The things of God don't really interest me anymore. They, you know, they, maybe they weren't really helping me. And, and then you make a decision to say, I'm not doing this anymore. Cutting yourself off. Like many of us, They found themselves at the end of a road. No light at the end of the tunnel. Some of us are going through some things, even right now, that we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. We don't see it. But sometimes we wonder, like, why is it that I feel like I have no hope? Like, how did I get here? 
Why is it that I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel? But this is, a, this is, sad, this is sad to read because the nation of Israel was so powerful. You know, they, 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 were, uh, they were once filled with an expectancy. They were filled with enthusiasm. They were filled with the presence and the power of God. They experienced things that no one else, no other nations were able to experience. They were God's chosen people. He did some off-the-chain things with the nation of Israel. And yet, and yet, they took their focus off of him. And when they took their focus off of God, he removed his favor from the nation of Israel. It's a dangerous thing to do, to be looking at God, to to know him, and then take your eyes off of him. It's a dangerous place to be. What those dry bones needed is what our lives need today, a a touch from God, a touch from God through spiritual revival. We're hearing about revival. I mean, are you guys hearing about it? Are you guys hearing about the revival that's happening in Kentucky and revival that's happening in some other college campuses? I mean, there's revival hitting our nation. It's like the wave. Like when you see the wave, you're like, oh, I want to be on that wave. I mean, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. Through spiritual revival, dry bones are revived. Lost hope is restored. And those that had cut themselves off, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, lost hope is rediscovered. And those that had cut themselves off can be restored. There's good news this morning that we serve a God that's still in the the reviving business. He hasn't retired from that. He still does those things. Okay, so how does he do it? What's what's the plan? What's the strategy? What's the five-step program? How does our God revive dry bones? How does our God revive our bones and restore our hope? Let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. I'm going to read all of the verses of 1 through 14. 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley. There were very many. And indeed, they were very dry. Say, very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. 
Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. He, he, he did what he was told. That's a side lesson there. As I was commanded and I prophesied. There was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, second time we hear that, and the breath came into them and they lived and they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Remember I mentioned that just a second ago. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from the graves, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land and then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and performed it, says the Lord. So, man, so what's the first thing? What's the first thing we want to talk about? The first thing we want to talk about is what is needed, what is required for reviving dry bones. The first thing I want to mention is it requires the presence of the living God. It required, before anything, it requires the presence of the living God. Whose hand was upon Ezekiel and sat him down? Like, I mean, who? Who, who took Ezekiel there? God, right? In the midst of the valley, the living God. Don't we love it when, when God shows up and shows you something? Like when God shows up in your life and he shows you something. They're, they're, it's, it's, it's like, man, oh, wow. God showed up that day and showed him all these dry bones. God showed up a couple months ago and showed Sister Carmen a sleeping church. Verse 2 says that when he caused me to pass, he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and they were very dry. God is giving Ezekiel this tour Across Death Valley, there is nothing there but dry bones. And the more that Ezekiel is walking through this valley of dry bones, the more he realized how hopeless things had become. There was no sign of life, only the reminder that there were once better days. Is that any of us right now? You know, we, we, we take a look at our lives, and, and, and if someone says, well, we're the best day, you, go, you have to go back in time in your walk with God. I'm like, oh, those were some good days. 
Those are some awesome days in the Lord. Oh, man, how I used to sing, how I used to worship, how I used to not care what people thought, how I used to even run around when I got excited or filled with the presence of God. Like, I, I, it, nothing mattered to me other than being in the presence of the Lord. Those were the days. Because now, you just don't have that desire to worship. Coming to the house of the Lord is a chore. Like, it's like, I guess I got to go. Let's go. Let's get ready. And we come into church. I guess I'll help out here. I guess I'll do this. I guess I'll do that. There's no more joy in anything that you do. There's no more joy in even spending time with your brothers and sisters. Remembering the better days. There was a time that your walk with God was filled with purpose, praise, and excitement. Oh, pastor, it's like that now. No, it's not. And and I'm not going to pick anybody out. But if it was like that for everyone here, we'd be blowing the ceilings off during praise and worship. Hands would be up in in the air so many that no one's faces could be seen. The altar would be filled every Sunday during worship with people just postrated before the presence of God. Do you remember when you first got saved? Oh, man, I got saved and it was amazing. I went to every Bible study. I went to every service. I went to this. I went to prayer. I went to what? Because it was, it was like, oh, man, this is awesome. God is really good. He saved my life. Remember? When you were anticipating into getting into God's word every day, like, ooh, what's it going to say today? Ooh, what am I going to learn today? What is God going to, how is he going to mold and shape my life today? Because I need to learn. I need to learn. Some of us think we've already learned it. Do you remember (laughs) when gathering for worship, with your brothers and sisters took precedence over everything else? Oh, no, no, I can't do that. I got, some, I got service at 1030. No, no, maybe, maybe afterwards, this and that. No, no, no sorry, I got, I got a commitment. I'm, I'm helping out the church. I'm, I'm doing this. Church? Oh, yeah, yeah, bro. Just, just, you want to come? You want to come? No? All right, well, then go ahead. There was a time that the things of God took precedence. There was a time that, that, that your schedule was, was shaped and molded around the things of God. Now, I mean, if I'm not busy, I might show up. If I'm not busy, maybe I'll, maybe. I mean, what I can do is I could put it on my phone and play it in the background while I go to work on my brakes. And I know, man, you don't, listen, church, I was raised in a way 
that I could not even ask if I could stay home on a Sunday. So I understand sometimes, like, well, why are you trying to force me? Why don't, I grew up that way. We grew up that way. Why, why, why are you trying to force me to go, oh, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. And that's not a good feeling. And I don't want to force people to come. But you know what happened when I realized who Christ really was? Do you know what happened in my life when I finally was like, whoa, whoa, wait, this is who Christ is? Because one thing is when you're raised in church all your life, you're like, you're going through the most. I know, I know, Jesus, son of God. we, We told all the stories from God. But when you finally have an encounter, when you get to experience God, and you're like, whoa, this is who you've been this whole time. I gotta be near you. I gotta get. I gotta grow closer. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta learn. I gotta grow. I gotta be with other people that want the same thing. I, I need this in my life. But look at us now. What has happened? Where's our passion? Where's the passion that once was there? Pastor, I'm saying though, you you, you sound kind of kind of judgmental. You sound you're kind of judgmental this morning. You kind of you judging us? I didn't. I, I haven't said anyone specifically. So if you still feel convicted, that's the Holy Spirit convicting you. <laughs> if you feel convicted, that's the Holy Spirit convicting you. Where's the passion? Where's the fire? I mean, go ahead. Think back to those better days. Don't you, want to, don't you want that again? Don't you want to be living in that and not let that be just a season in your life? Don't you want, don't you want that to be your every day? When David realized that his sin with Bathsheba, right, when he realized everything that he had done, Psalms 51, 1 to 2 says this, right? He says, have mercy upon me, O God. According to your loving kindness, according to the multitudes of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. We see that uh, the prodigal son, when he sinned against God, the Bible says that he came to himself and sought out forgiveness and restoration. Both are stories of repentance, church. We need to repent. We need to repent. And I I, I know that some of you guys, we understand that we ask God for forgiveness and God forgives us. But when we repent, when we repent, we ask God to forgive us of something and we, we don't go back to it. We don't go back to it. We need to repent. Where has the passion gone? Sin has killed it. Where is the fire? Sin has put it out. Repent. It's easy to blame the music. Uh, I don't know, you know, Erica missed a couple keys. It's easy to blame the choir. Oh, we don't got no choir here. Uh, the singers, right? 
oh, I don't know. I was, she, she, made, she looked at me a certain way. She looked at me a certain way. Jocelyn looked at me a certain way while she was worshiping. So, you know, it's, 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 it's their fault. You could blame the pastor. I'm used to it. Go ahead. I'm used to it by now. You could blame the pastor. But the reality is that our bones are dry and need revival. The more Ezekiel saw, the more convinced he became that the only hope for these bones <laughs> was for God to intervene. The only thing, <laughs> they're, they're, they're dead, dry bones. There's nothing anyone can do for this other than God. The more he saw it, the more he realized there was nothing that he could do. Without a touch of God, those dry bones will remain dry. Without a touch of God, the bones will remain dead. Without a touch of God, those dry bones will remain dead. As your pastor, I can provide leadership and lead you. As your pastor, I can... um, produce messages from the word of God and preach them. Um, As your pastor, I cannot go into your heart and put a passion for holiness. Did, Did you hear what I just said? I can't put a passion for holiness in your heart. I cannot put into your heart a desire for godly, uh, for, to, to live godly in Christ Jesus. I can't force you to do that. I can't, I can't do that myself. I can tell you about it. I can't put into your heart a hunger for the word of God and a priority for the worship of God. I can tell you about it, but I can't change your heart. I cannot dry, revive dry bones. You know why? Because I'm a man and I am not God. Only God can revive those dry bones. What is needed? <laughs> well, one thing we need, <laughs> he's cracking up. My grandson's cracking up. He got me cracking up. What we need is what only God can do. Send spiritual revival into our lives. God can do more in a moment than what any of us can do in a lifetime. I mean, do we understand how great our God is? I mean, he could do more in a half of a second, in a, in a, what's, what's less than a half a second? A millisecond. Is that the smallest measurable? What's the smallest measurable a tenth of a second? microsecond he can do more in a micro in a nano in a millisecond he could do more in that than we could do our entire lifetime yo that's a like i mean really think about it god showed up he showed him those dry bones and he showed up and he also spoke to him about those dry bones He says, and he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh, Lord, you know. (laughs) 
Ezekiel knew he didn't have the answers. Come on, come on, God. You really asking me that? Did you see these bones? Have you seen these bones? Obviously, only you know if these bones will ever live. I have no answer. I have no words. Only you know. He didn't go and be like, well, let me see. According to my calculations, scientifically, logically, maybe if we were to, he did not respond in any form that way. Instantly, Lord, only you know. There is a movement that's affecting the body of Christ where we pull out our pads. We're like, well, let's see, because scientifically, logically, it just doesn't make sense. Or maybe we can if we were to do this, this, and this. And all along, like, a guy was like, well, <laughs> that was like a, uh, I, I, I was hoping you would just be like you, God, and not try to make it about you or you. Ezekiel says, only you know. Only you know. He didn't say, I got a plan. He said, only you know. He did what King Jehoshaphat did when Jehoshaphat was facing defeat. Okay, 2 Chronicles 12, uh, the second part of, uh, I mean, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, the second part of 12 says, for we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do but our eyes are upon you. You know what it means of a king of a nation to be like, I have no clue what to do. First of all, would you ever hear the president of the United States say that? Any prime minister of any country, any king will go on TV and be like, I have no clue what to do. No leader in any nation in this world, will ever stand before the people and say that they have no clue what to do. King Jehoshaphat was like, I have no clue what to do. But our eyes are upon you. I don't know what to do, but Lord, you do. Not knowing what to do, King Jehoshaphat, he set himself to the Lord. He proclaimed the fast all through Judah. Um, he asked help from the Lord. Um, just like Ezekiel, he knew that he didn't have the answers, but he knew that God did. To revive the dry bones, there has to be uh, the presence of the living God, right? No plan, no, no man, no, no strategy can, can revive the bones. We also need, the second point is the power of the word of God. Verses 4 and 6, 4 through 6 say, Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and said to them, O dry bones, hear the word of God. Thus says the Lord to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with the skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am God. God created everything with, with a word, right? Let there be light. And what happened? He said, let there be fish in the sea. What happened? He said, let there be animals. What happened? He spoke it, and it, it, it was created with the word of God. With the word of God. Things happen when God speaks. Like, I mean, sometimes we don't, we don't, listen, I know because we live in regular society like this, we don't think about this, that we serve the God. We come to church every Sunday. We, we read this Bible during the week. We spend time in prayer to a God 
The same God that back in Genesis was like water. Bam. And then somehow we think that he doesn't have that kind of power today. And our faith is like, our, 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 the, you guys don't get The problems of this world have nothing on the God that I serve. Like, like we got to walk knowing that, yeah, I know, I get down too. I get bothered. I get, I get frustrated. I go through stuff. I do. I'm human. I'm a man. But listen, there's a time where you have to shake yourself up, look in the mirror and be like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do you know who I serve? Do you know what my God is capable of? Do you know what he's done? Come on. Get tough, man. Huh. Y'all got me all hype over here. I ain't know where I was at. <laughs> I heard you, Tanya. I can see you and hear you over here. The only hope for reviving dry bones and for renewing lost hope is the word of God. If you want to live again, if you want to live again, if you want to have your hope renewed, you must hear the word of God. First four says, prophecy to, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the, yo, 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 okay, can, can, can I tell you something? Sasha, do you hear me? You know why you hear me? Because you're alive. Your ears work, right? Leilani, you hear me? All right. All right. Miguel, you hear me? Okay. <clears throat> Microphone. Do you hear me? <laughs> Can you imagine? Okay, 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 okay. Huh. These were very dry bones. They had been dead a long time. The word of God went, is so, I don't know how to say it. No, no, no. It's just like, it's, whoosh. all right. God's word, right, is so powerful that even dead things hear it. Do, do, do you guys get it? That God's word is so powerful that even dead things hear it. Come on, y'all don't, yo, y'all don't, yo, yo, I don't, yo. Look, I went to bed early last night. <laughs> Man, that's the power of the God. Okay, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Listen, we need to hear the word of God. We need to hear the word of God. During our days, we need to hear the word of God. On our ride to work, we need to hear the word of God. We need to saturate our lives with the word of God all week long, in our house, in our job. Yo, you know how they say, oh, you can't do that at work. You know what? Then have a book, have the Bible out, or have a little, um, uh, who got you? Um, Ada got you. Uh, there's a, like little memo pads, right? But they got little verses on the bottom, right? Stuff like that. I mean, you can, you should, you need to saturate yourself with the word of God. Every day, all day long. Your house all over. And if you're having troubles with doubt, then you know what? Put up the promises all over your house. Print them out. 
Put them on walls and doors and everything. Saturate your house with the word of God. Second Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You want to be complete and equipped? Word of God. Hebrews 4, 12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and the joints of the, and of, and of the joints and marrow and is discerner of thoughts. Yeah. And is a discerner. Mm, that word, we might be hearing that word next week a lot. Of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word gives life. God's word gives hope. God's word connects us with God. If you want to be alive, you need the word of God presence of the living God, the power of the word of God. Next thing is the preaching of the word of God. So when he told them, so when he told them prophesy to these bones, I don't know about you, but I would have been like, come on, I mean, you want me to, you actually want me to say something to these bones? You actually want me to speak like out loud to a pile of bones? I mean, we, that would seem kind of silly, right? It would seem silly for, for someone to be like, but you know, they're just a bunch of bones. That must have been a hard assignment. <laughs> because I already know it's not easy preaching to people when y'all texting and sleeping and on your phones. And, I can, and now I can really see. <laughs> but I see it all from up here. And it's already, it's already, it's already difficult, especially when you're looking and you're like, I'm, I'm looking at you. <laughs> but to preach to dry bones... That's a harder assignment. That's a harder assignment. <laughs> Strange command, or is it? Did you know that Elijah speaking to a pile of dry bones is the same as you going out and preaching the gospel to someone who does not have Christ? Do you understand? Speaking to a pile of dry bones is the same as you going and preaching the gospel to someone who does not have Christ in their life. They are dry and they are dead. But the word of God can be heard through death. That's why we don't stop. That's why you do it anyway. Uh, Paul, when, when he was, when he was uh, talking to Timothy, he's, in 2 Timothy 4, 2, he says, preach the word of God. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all, with all long-suffering and teaching. Isaiah 55, 11 says, so, my, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall, re- it shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. That's a powerful verse right there. If you guys are like, 
taking notes or if you're looking for an, um, another favorite verse or things like that, this is a good one. This is a good one to write down. It's a reminder what the Word of God does and is capable of. Dry bones, they must receive God's Word. They must, right? But in order to live again, they need to respond to God's Word. So it says, so I prophesied as it was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. A noise. Can you imagine? That's kind of freaky. Like he's out there by himself, Death Valley, bunch of bones. He's obeying, because remember, he's doing as the Lord commanded. He's preaching, because to prophesy, to, you know, it's also like to preach, to teach. So he's, he's, he's preaching to these bones. <laughs> and he starts to hear rattling, rattling and, 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 and noise. Some of y'all would have took off. <laughs> Some of y'all would have took off real quick. How could there be a noise if there was, everything was dead? It was a rattling, a rattling noise. It was bones coming together, bone to bone. Can you imagine the sight? What? It said, now hear, the, he had said, now hear, hear the word of the Lord. And the bones came together, bone to bone. The bones got connected as the bones responded to the word of God. They responded to the word of God. There's power in the word of God. Dead bones come alive and they come together when you hear and respond. Okay. The presence of the living God is needed. The power of the word of God is needed. The preaching of the word of God is needed. And lastly, the last thing I want to point out is the promise of the spirit of God. Verse 8 says, Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Now they move from merely being dry bones to dead corpses. Yo, pause, let's take a break. Pause right there. One thing is to be in a place full of bones. Like, you know what I mean? Some of you guys were still been a little freaked out, but... Maybe you could have handled it because there was no blood, there was no meat, there was none of that. It was like, it was just dry bones, right? And he's walking there. But now, but now he's standing in the midst of a bunch of dead bodies. The bones came together. The meat and the flesh came together. And you got whole bodies all over this valley. Remember, the, remember in the verse, he said there were very many Many bones. <laughs> many bones. Can you imagine how many bodies were just covering the floor of the valley? And here he is standing before this. He now sees form <clears throat> and unity, but no life. What good is a body without breath? We're going to keep going, keep going. 
Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on the slain that they may live. So I prophesied, and he commanded, and breath came into them, and they lived. They stood up on their feet, an exceedingly great army. I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. I will place in you place you in your own land, then you should know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. What good, what good is a body without the breath? And what is the breath? The spirit of the Lord. What good are you? Can Can I say it like that? What good are you if you're not filled with the Spirit of God? What what good? You are a corpse, lifeless, on the bottom of a valley floor without the Spirit of the Lord. These were the same bones with a new spirit. John 14, 15 to 17 says, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees or knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Acts 1, 8 says, but you shall receive Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. Ephesians in Ephesians in five eighteen is telling us be filled with the Spirit. But you know what these dry bones forgot? They forgot the promises of God. If you just go back a chapter, Ezekiel 36, if you go to the previous chapter, right, uh, verses 26, 27, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. Some of you this morning are saying, Pastor, but you just don't get it. It's just too far from me. I'm too far gone. I feel lost. I feel hopeless. I get it. I'm here. I hear the Bible. I hear what everyone's saying, but I don't see that. I, I, I don't feel that. My hope is lost. I feel cut off. I feel alone. I feel like, I, I feel like there's, there's no hope for any of this. Listen, your bones, dry bones, can be revived. Your lost hope can be rediscovered. And if you feel cut off, you can be restored. Restored. In closing, in closing, I want, I want, I want to say this. About the last month or so, we've, been, we've gone through a series, a timely series about waking up. You guys remember we talked about that? Wake up, wake up, wake up. It was timely 
Because many of us are or were asleep. We were asleep to the truth. We were asleep um, in our faith. We were asleep in our commitment. We were asleep within our hearts. And that message was a reminder to wake up. It was like a nudge when you've fallen asleep in school or at work. But I want to tell you that revival is different than an awakening. I'm going to tell you that it's a little different. Who likes to watch those doctor shows? Uh, Grey's Anatomy, uh, Chicago, what? Chicago Med, a good doctor. What's not, I don't know. We, we see all these shows, right? And there's always a scene, no matter what doctor show you watch, of rushing somebody who got shot into the emergency room. Quick, we got a gunshot victim. And they're rushing them in. They're rushing them in. Um, they're, trying to, they're trying to connect them to all sorts of things and all of that. And, they're, and all of a sudden, they're like, wait a minute, we're, we're losing them. We're losing them. And then flatline. And then what the first, what's the first thing they do when the flat lines? The pads, right? Charge me up. Do it again. And then all of a sudden, in all the dramatic, you know, uh, scene, you know, the theatrics of, of the movies, right? It's all of a sudden you see the And then you're sitting at home like, he made it! Yes! He's alive! The reality, the fact of that situation was that that individual died because his heart stopped beating. He was dead for 20 seconds, dead for 40 seconds, dead for a minute. Whatever the case may be, he was not breathing, nor was his heart beating. That individual had died. But the doctors revived him. They brought him back to life. When we preach the sermon series of wake up, you're not dead when you're sleeping. Some people are asleep because they either get comfortable or maybe they get caught up with some other things and whatever the case may be, and, and they know they should be doing some things within their faith and they don't do it. Um, they, they still feel conviction, but somehow they, you know, they're still struggling in their walk. That, that, that's all part of being asleep, but, but some of you are dead. of you are dead, spiritually dead. You have no passion for the things of God. Some of you are dead and need to be revived. And God wants to revive you today. Today. He wants to bring you back to life. 